Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello and happy Friday to all you Brace for Impact listeners and fans. I am your host, Nick Jeevis. And today we're going to be speaking with life coach, fitness guru, former professional poker player and banker, now turned social media star, Tyler Tote. Now, this guy is one of the most fascinating people I've ever met. When I first saw photos of Tyler on Twitter, I wasn't totally convinced at first, one way or the other, if they were staged, like a lot of people on Instagram will take photos of themselves, edit it, and put a line in there that they think you want to hear. But when we connected and spoke on the phone about life, I realized that this dude is for real. He's bounced back from alcohol and pill addiction, and he switched over from winning money as a professional poker player and being a banker to now serving as a life coach and seeking to help other people rebound from their own obstacles. He has one biological son, two adopted children, and he even told me that he and his wife have served as foster parents on top of all that. Everything about him just screams positivity, and he's living a way of life that just begs to be emulated and copied. And we're going to get into that and how he keeps things level and what to do in a crisis, because everyone can feel that way. Everyone has that knot in their stomach, and they don't know what to do. Things pile up. Depression hits you. It's hard to rebound. But he gave us some tips on how you can also ingest the news and social media in a healthier way, so as not to cause the stress that's been gripping the nation for nearly 10 years, it seems. But it should be a fun one. It's light yet powerful, and it's a great take from one of the most unique individuals I've ever met, Tyler Tote. Let's get down to it. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Here we are with Tyler Tote. I met him through Twitter and he is a life coach. He's living out in Nevada. And the reason that we're interviewing him today is because I saw so many photos of him just looking so happy with his family and so many stories of him overcoming a lot of adversity. And we need that today. So I saw your story on Twitter and it wasn't just the positivity and the life coach part of it that got me. It was that you had, you overcame addiction to have this beautiful picturesque family that I would see in so many of your posts. Tell me, where did the struggles begin and how did you get from here to there? Yeah, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So I had a very interesting journey, man. I was uh, 20 years old in college and discovered I had a real knack for online poker. So I had deposited like $60 into this online account. Uh, within about like six months, I had made about 10 grand. I hired a coach started moving up the stakes and beating these really big games all over the world, became a, a pretty top player. And within a couple of years, man, I was making 40, 50, 60K a month. 
Uh, so I remember, you know, my parents were obviously super stoked when I drove home and told them I'm dropping out of college. I'm going to go travel the world and live in Vegas and play poker. <laughs> every, every parent's dream, right? So, so, you know, everything's going great then. I think up until maybe a year or two before that, faith was kind of a part of my life. And at that point, I really turned my back on it, man. And I, I just had so much money. We grew up really lower middle class, man. You know, my, my parents working people and great people, but I just didn't have a lot, you know, and now all of a sudden, man, you know, my, my college rent is 400 a month. And so I got $39,400 extra, right? So it's yeah. parties, a lot of drinking, a lot of, a lot of crazy lifestyle that goes with that. And also a lot of toxic people around me, I think, that just saw it. Well, I see this guy as a meal ticket to these really fun events and these really fun parties. So I, I surrounded myself with not a lot of great people, bought the sports car, did all the dumb things that you could do. Married a gal that I met in Vegas that, you know, we great person, but we just didn't align on a lot of our values. And so I go about doing this for a few years and never really stopped to ask myself, am I happy or am I kind of living other people's what everybody tells me I should be happy, but I don't really feel that happy, even with a lot of this stuff and kind of all come crashing down um, about 2009, 2010. I'm 28 years old, man. And, and I find out, well, this wife is, is now, uh, we just custom built a, a 6,700 square foot mansion and she's cheating on me while this is happening. <laughs> so we get divorced, man. I sell the house. I, I move into a, like a high rise in Chicago and I just feel alone, man. And, and you know, I go out and drink and I'm, I'm partying with a lot of friends and we're in the best nightclubs, but I just feel alone and super empty, man. And so hate to say it, but I, I turned to alcohol drinking six and seven days a week. Uh, that led to some pills and Adderall and a lot of that party lifestyle. Uh, and so I do this for about two years, man. I end up, you know, pissing away 90% of the money that I won <laughs> uh, in poker. And then, uh, you know, just I, I say for those two years, I was kind of a professional partier, man. I didn't really work much, didn't play much. I just went out most nights and it led to a lot of, a lot of misery, man. So one night, randomly, I just emailed uh, an old preacher friend of mine named Eddie Lowen. And I said, hey, man, I'm not very happy. Everybody tells me I should be happy. You seem like a happy guy. <laughs> How are you happy? And uh, he says, let's meet for coffee. And so I just started meeting him for coffee once every couple of weeks and kind of asking me the right questions. Well, what do you really want out of life, Ty? Uh, what things do you think you need to leave behind? And little by little, man, you know, I went kicking and screaming on a lot of this stuff, but really started to make some intentional decisions that here's where I see my life going in the next three, five, 10 years. And these are the things I need to leave behind and some things that I need to add to get there. And so that was the start of getting my body into shape, which really got my mind into shape, got really addicted to the right things. I always say I have a very addictive personality, Nick. Uh, and now I see that as a God-given talent, man. That's a great thing. He gifted me with an addictive because now I'm just addicted to fitness and health. I'm addicted to helping other people. I'm addicted to having a great marriage and being a great dad, creating income streams. I'm just addicted to a lot of the right things. It seems that way. When I look at your page, it's always family full, you know, filled with uh, positivity and, and people you love and, and healthy food or advice on for people on how they can live their life. And I just want to quickly say, Tyler, that I know uh, how you feel. I, I've shared with my audience that I've had a lot of surgeries and coming off fentanyl uh, is equally as bad as, as booze or, you know, those other pills. And it's, it's hard. How did you in the moments when you maybe were in withdrawal or you were depressed or you were coming down off that low point? How did you cope? Did you read scripture? Did you attend services? Did you have a mental uh, battle with yourself and then with the addiction? How did you break the loop to get addicted to the good stuff? Yeah, I think that's a great question, man. I mean, it's who you surround yourself with a lot. And so, you know, I had to really leave behind a lot of that toxic 
environment that I was in, because look, I don't care how strong willed you are or mentally tough. If, if you're an alcoholic and you have alcohol in your house or you're going to bars with friends, you're going to crack. And so it really became about controlling my environment. And, and I tell people all the time, I'm, I'm pretty addicted to sweets and sugar, but we don't keep that stuff in the house for a reason, right? And so it's much easier to win for one hour a week at the grocery store than it is to have that stuff here all the time and try and willpower my way through. So really creating an environment that was conducive for my goals became an obsession of mine. So that meant hiring my own life coach, a guy named Zach Hommel, that's big impact. And, and you know, I could lean on him and call him in those hard times. Uh, really starting to sharpen my faith and, and have some of the verses that I would say I put on my heart and in my mind that I could use and go to in those low moments. Really started journaling a lot and then Ultimately, God led me to my wife, man, and, and she's the cheat code, too. She's, uh, she's a good <laughs> <laughs> How did you meet her? Uh, so this is a funny story, man. This is a fun one. She was having a charity event in Chicago. And my buddy shows me a picture and says, dude, uh, there's a really pretty girl having a charity event. Would you like to attend? I said, show me a picture. Yes, I would like to attend when I saw her. So uh, <laughs> I reached out before, shot her an email, and just offered to help set up for the event. I uh, made a small donation. And, and uh, you know, so I show up. I get a couple hours with her before. We're chatting. After the event, I ask her to take a walk. Uh, everything's going great. Then she tells me, hey, you know, you seem like an awesome guy, but I just, I have a boyfriend right now. And I said, oh, well, you know, it, it is what it is, right? And, and I said, well, why is he not here? <laughs> and she said, well, I just got back from a mission trip and I have a little patch on my arm that's a ringworm. And he told me in a couple weeks when it heals, we'll, we'll start dating again. Dude, I took her arm and rubbed it all over my face. And I said, any guy who's afraid of ringworm does not deserve you. <laughs> and I think That's I won awesome. her over. She knew I was crazy a little bit right there, but I think that won her over, man. We started dating about a week later and uh, dated for six months and then proposed, man. You know, your story is reminding me of a line. I, I don't know if you've ever read the book or heard of the movie Dune, but there was a lot of mantras they'd repeat to themselves. And one of them was, uh, it's by will alone, I set my mind in motion. And it seems like you did that with your life. You set your life in motion. You willed it to be so. And then you have children now with this woman. I've seen it all over the, the Twitter account that you have. Tell me a little bit about your kids, if you wouldn't mind talking about them. Yeah, man. So we have one bio daughter. Uh, my wife was told she couldn't get pregnant. We got pregnant on the honeymoon. Nice. <laughs> so That's good. That. Yeah. That's good uh, right there. We decided uh, three years ago to do foster care and adopt. There's 650 children here in Nevada that are currently living in an orphanage. And we thought, well, we have some means now and we'd like to help. So we reunited five children back home and, uh, and that felt really good, right? To be a safe place and love and encourage them for a while. And then our two sons now, we adopted a year ago. Uh, there was no back home for them. There was no path to, to anybody else that was either fit to, to take them back or, or able to. And so we adopted both of our boys last year. We have two two-year-olds. So, man, that's uh, our house is wild. It's pretty fun. It's crazy. God bless you. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Super biggest, best gift I've ever been given, man. It, it looks awesome. And I, I'm going to get back to that before we end the episode. But I want to go and flip to the darker side of the coin because um, we hear just the news. We're reporters, right? And even this podcast is made possible by social media. Your ability to get this story out and for me to see it is our freedom on social media. Do you think that wh – where does it hit a point where it becomes toxic or, like you said, addicted to social media? A lot of people aren't like you. They don't have a six-pack and, you know, they met a beautiful woman and they have kids and they're posting fit photos. They're posting photos of partying or themselves just by themselves. How do you balance the toxicity of that with real life? while still trying to help people. Yeah, so I think two things there. Number one, if your timeline and your newsfeed is really toxic and negative, that is 100% your fault. <laughs> you're, you're, in, you're in control of who you follow, 
Uh, I mute words on my Twitter. I, I don't have Biden, Trump, these things that, that show up in my feed, man. I want other people who are passionate about living their best life too. And then I'd also say to any person who's who's sitting there and maybe in a lower place, right, where I was like seven years ago, I am no one special, man. I'm really, there's nothing unique about me in any way outside of literally one night in tears at about midnight, I pulled out a notebook and I just wrote, I'm not going to make this my life. I saw my life going this way with the alcohol and the party and, and you know, I could easily be 60 pounds overweight and living this other life, right? But it was just one committed decision, one night at midnight. And I said, I don't care the cost. I don't care what I have to pay and mentors or coaches or whatever it is. I'm going to create the life that I know I can create. I'm only here one time. And so I'd urge anybody listening to that today to, to, to take ownership of their feed, listen to positive, uplifting people, and then also just realize you're one choice away always. It's the greatest thing about being a human. You also want hell of a poker player. You forgot to mention that. <laughs> I don't play as much as I used to, man. I, 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 uh, I can always fall back onto that, which is pretty nice, but... Uh, you got to know when to hold them, though, and know when to fold them. It seems like you, you've made the right moves. <laughs> <laughs> Come out here and visit sometime, man. We'll, we'll go to the casino and play a little game, man. I'd love it. I'd love it. I got relatives out near uh, your way, actually. I think I told you, and, and in New Mexico. And it is a very special area to me of the country. I like the freedom of the desert. I know some people don't like that environment, but do you feel like climate is a part of the reason you thrive? Brother, we, we left. I love Illinois. Shout out to Chicago. That's where we lived for four or five years. And we just got to a point five years ago, four and a half years ago, we said, we're done with winter. I feel the same way. We picked spots on the map. We moved here because dude, it's 350 days of sun. And I will tell you, I mean, if you, if you could see me right now, you can. I'm shirtless. I just got back to the park. <laughs> I'm outside. My, my kids are outside three, four, five hours a day. And I know that's different than a lot of kids' experience. It's rare now. today. Rare yeah, today. But yes. I think you can make that possible, right? Like in... I know jobs and family. We left family. We left friends. But to us, it was worth it to be able to be outside and explore and, you know, uh, be able to, to drive to Utah, to California, New Mexico, all these places, take some family adventures. Uh, that was worth it for us. So, yes, I think climate plays a big part in that, man. I've been floating that as well for so long that even some people are like telling other friends of mine, you know, Nick's going to Florida, right? You know, Nick's leaving for Texas soon. So I might be right behind you. I might not even be visiting Nevada. I might move out there with you at this point from what I'm hearing from you. Tell you, man, I, I got a realtor friend. Just let me know. <laughs> we're going to talk offline a lot. Don't worry. I have a feeling we're going to keep this up. All right, all you crazy cool cats out there, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back with more from my guest, Tyler Tote. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. This is your host, Nick Jeeves. As promised, we have a few more truth bombs headed your way. So strap in. Please keep your hands and feet inside the cockpit at all times as we get ready to brace for impact. Have you ever had a chance to now, as a life coach, now that you've established your life and you've gotten your mentors to give you the best advice you needed, how do you approach now your work as a life coach to other people? How do you pump other people up and, and what does that involve? Is it a, a specific business? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I absolutely love that, man. It's just a passion. I, I managed a bank for about six and a half years. And I, when I really asked myself, what do I want to do? 
The one part of my job that I loved was people development. I would love to take a new teller and work with them and see those light bulbs turn on. And then a year later, they forex their salary and now they're a, a banker killing it. You know, I got a lot of joy from that. I, I realized God gifted me with that gift of encouragement and teaching. I love that. And so I said, well, I want to make a business out of this, right? Well, how do I do it? I just started working backwards and uh, posting on social and, and just helping people. I remember charging $25 a month was my first couple clients just to get some proof that I knew what I was doing. And, and a lot of it's just asking the right questions and creating a space and an environment where people can self-discover. A lot of us know these things, but we're too busy in life. And I feel like I do my job really well when I hang up a call. And the last thing a client says, well, dude, I knew that, man, but thanks. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you need to hear it. We've been doing this stuff, right? Uh, but, but thanks, man. We set an intention and we set systems, things that are very easy, attainable for these people to do every single day to make their life a lot better. And when you have somebody with a high level view kind of looking down at your life and saying, you know, we can tweak a couple little things here and your life isn't that far away from where you want to be. And to see people light up and to see them, you know, either make that make more money, have a better marriage, get fit and drop 30 pounds, be a better dad, whatever that might be. I just get so filled up from that, man. Um, I, that, that's what gives me life every day. When you look at the things that you're talking about that when not when used properly are, are OK, but when abused like medicine, sugar, uh, the Internet, do you think there's a side of this where it's being pushed on people for profit or on purpose? And is there a sense of kind of evil to me and that is my opinion that it seems like it's almost on purpose to keep people controlled like a modern day matrix and i want to know do you think it's just bad luck and people get addicted to things it's just chemistry or is this a push to keep people in their in their rooms and then you know uber eats and amazon's gonna deliver my packages i'm not going out for walks what is your thought on what we've become now is this kind of virtual insanity has taken over yeah, I think it's it goes back to a Charlie Munger quote, right? Like, show me an incentive and I'll give you an outcome. And, you know, I think more and more people want this comfortable lifestyle, or at least they think they want this comfortable lifestyle. I want to push a button and have a thousand channels appear. I want to, you know, click a button and have food right at my door. I want to be entertained, in, but only in seven second segments on TikTok, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see this a lot. I think the market kind of drives it. I, I don't necessarily believe there's all these evil things around it. But what I do think is you need to be mindful of that. And you need to understand that for however long humans have been on Earth, that's debatable, right? But <laughs> however long we've been here, I, I think that we've had to see, you know, we've never in, in before this time had to seek out discomfort. 300 years ago, man, me and you, we might have been in a neighboring tribe that was trying to kill us and we had to go yeah, for food, right? And all these things, right? Yeah. And now life is so easy. And so there's a reason I get up at 5 a.m. I don't need to anymore. I can sleep in. There's a reason I get up at 5 a.m. and hit the gym and put myself through some discomfort. There's a reason I go run wind sprints at the hottest part of the day and be uncomfortable. That's right. There's a reason I push myself physically and mentally and I think all people need to do that. And, you know, I was medicated for anxiety for a few years. All I did was change the way that I pushed myself, got myself uncomfortable, some ice shower, some of these things, right? Uh, I'm no longer medicated for anxiety. And I feel like I went from just saying, well, I'm a person that has anxiety to, dude, my wife said the other day, I haven't seen you like upset or anxious in three or four years, Ty. Yeah, you're looking like you're loving life every post. And it's not like a, a fake selfie. I felt like it was real when I saw it. And it seems like uh, I've confirmed that by talking to you now. And I've met like 500 people off Twitter now, man. That's kind of the cool thing is I've got a right? large following, 125,000 people or so. And living in Vegas, I, not a week goes by now. I don't have somebody say, man, uh, hey, I'm going to be in Vegas for a work conference. I'm like, well, meet me at the gym. Meet me for a hike, right? So I'm constantly meeting people offline, man. So what's your favorite 
new activity, after you made the bounce back into your life, what gives you the most peace when you do have trouble or you, you maybe you need to go for a run, like you said, is there a specific activity or a specific place you like to go the most that gives you the most energy? Yeah, man, to be honest, it's my wife. Uh, you know, we're coming up on nine years of marriage and she is just, uh, I wouldn't have built a business without her. She's my teammate every step of the way. And I know that it's not popular. There's a lot of red pill or black pill guys out there that, oh, women are this or that. But, uh, you know, my wife stuck through me with, through, with me through some pretty hard times and I can lean into her all the time. And she's, she's got a PhD from Purdue. She's the smartest person I've ever met. She's nice. She's just my rock man. And I feel like we've built this life together where she feeds me life every day. And I really aim to do the same to her, to build her up and be her biggest cheerleader. And she's mine. And when you see me really happy and feel like I got this really good life going, uh, you know, there's not a day that goes by that, man, I don't wake up to a nice note from my wife nice text messages thanking me for the work I'm doing. I'm really proud of you, Ty. And, you know, that makes me feel 10 feet tall, man. It must. That's, yeah, and you're a smart man. Good answer. The wife, always <laughs> number one, always number one. But you, now, when it comes to developing that, do you ever have moments now where people look at you as being happy on Twitter or in real life? And instead of being happy for you, maybe they're jealous or they haven't woken up yet either. So they're kind of clouded by whatever they're still addicted to, or they're still leaning on. And how do you deal with that? If you ever get backlash for being happy, man, yeah, I get, get it every week with, a, with 125,000 person following on Twitter and Twitter. There is definitely people that wake up just angry and want to be angry. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I tweeted one day, you know, you could say I love apples and all of a sudden that you're an idiot because peaches are better. And what are you anti-orange? And you, know, <laughs> you, you can go off the rails quick there, man. But I, I do think it's it's a choice to be happy daily. Uh, it doesn't really determine our, you know, our, our circumstances don't determine our happiness. There's, there's two people in life. I think you can box everybody into two categories. I saw guys like Zach Hamill, like Zuby. Uh, some people that have been my mentors and, and Eddie Lowe and people that I admire. And I easily could have just said, well, they're lucky. You know, they're, they're ripped because of good genes. They're wealthy because they were born into it. Uh, or I could choose the mindset of, well, what are they doing that I'm not? What can I learn and apply to my life? And so, you know, I think you can put people into those two boxes. And there's certainly people that put me in a box of, dude, he's just lucky. He's just got good genes. He's just this or that, right? They don't understand where I've come from. Uh, and, and sure, you can play the victim as long as you want, but it's never going to take you anywhere. And there's the other people who look at, at someone that's doing well and say, well, what can I, you know, I'm not going to do exactly what he does, but if I can take a little piece of it and better my life and then piece from another person and better my life, man, before you know it, my life can get real good. And so, you know, again, I go back to my faith is the cornerstone of my life. That second part of that question, it's not my job to save people. It's my job to plant seeds. And, and the reason I started social media, to be honest, man, I wrote on a notebook, God's vision. I prayed over it. And before I started tweeting, I said, hey, God, I want this to be a ministry more than anything. And so I really feel like he's used that in, in a good way, man, to cultivate a lot of positivity and a lot of good change. It seems that way, because in looking at your page, it was almost it almost looked fake. I was like, is this guy for real for a minute? And then when I looked you up and we talked, I was like, thank God. Thank God he's for real because we need more positivity. And, and speaking as someone who works in the media, we self-flagellate by doing that. Obviously, we have to put up with negativity. It's our choice. But some people out there, there's millions of people that read our work, that read other outlets' work. They don't listen to that advice to filter their Twitter. It can be very toxic and very stressful. So, do you think there's a pendulum that's going to swing back where more people are 
instead of, you know, being selfies or editing their photos or there's, there's, I think a need for realness and, and truth. Do you think that need is bad enough to have it be where the truthful people outnumber, say, the people on Instagram that just want to take pictures of themselves? I think they already do, man. I have this theory that like 95% of people or whatever are really good people at nature and heart. And if you just go out and be kind to people, they'll be kind back. It's just those 5% scream the loudest. They take the most selfies. They, they kind of make you think. And, and even the news, man, it's, you know, your, your job as news is to highlight some of those more radical stories, right? You're not going to say, Hey, one million planes took off today and one million planes landed safely. Happy man post photo with children. Yeah, no, right, not going to yeah, be a story. Like, you know, the thing that gets clicks, obviously, is the, the school shooting, right? So you, you tend to think about those things a little more. But I think it's ultimately, I always say, put your feet on grass. Like, it's great to be informed and to know what's going on in the world. I think that's an important thing, right? But it's also equally or more important to understand that's not real life. Your brain is not designed to, to consume all the world's problems all day and be afraid of Russia and be afraid of this. And there's the dollar tanking and we could talk about things for a million and I'll get stressed. Right. But I think when I go back to that, it's go put your feet on grass. Go take a walk. Go be kind to your neighbor. They'll be kind back. And you'll soon start to realize in the real world, uh, you know, most people are good and life's pretty darn good. Yes, I agree with that, personally speaking, because it's, uh, it's even on the te- difficult days, we have it sweet in America. We have water that people, we flush the, the down the toilet that they would drink. So to think that anyone could be that miserable so consistently, it's, it's hard to envision. But you're right, it does exist. And I guess I want to ask you about the fact that your children seem to be following your path of eating healthy and going outside with you and getting exercise. And we millennials and the generation behind us that's coming up now in their 20s, early 20s, they're going to start having children eventually, and some of them already have. And I think there's a fear among new parents these days that, do I give my kid a phone? Do I homeschool my kids? Do I cut off the TV? Do I put blocks on? Have you done that? And have you had success versus pushback? Like, well, how has it been when you kind of instituted this program with your kids as well? And and how did they respond? So I'll say it it looks easy right now online because my daughter's about to turn eight and we have two two two-year-olds. So what what me and my wife say is pretty much law right now, right? There's not a lot of pushback. Come back to me in in eight years and I won't seem like an expert probably. I'm very well aware of that. But we we chose as a family to give up TV uh, about 42 months ago. So we do have YouTube and we do family dance parties every night and we take family walks and things like that. And my wife and I will rent movies. It's not like we just kind of unplugged from the world, right? We still do a lot of normal things, but we just made an intentional decision to remove CNN, Fox News, and a lot of these news stations off of our phone and out of our house and to just focus more on the good things each day. And again, not that we're not informed. You could, I, you know, I could come on another podcast and talk about current events and things like that. I feel like when the story's big enough, it finds you. And that's been a real realization for me over the last 40 months or 42 months, because I would have said five years ago, well, I want to be a good citizen. I need to watch this stuff every day. Well, it, you can still get your news from independent journalists that don't necessarily try have a bias and try and sell you things. And, and I think there's a better way to go about it. So yeah, you know, our kids... You know, I'm really proud of the fact that my daughter asked me to do a 20,000 step day. She asks, yeah, she asks me to come work out and do circuits with me. And I try and make it as fun as I can. Hey, honey, you pick the songs. So we're listening to Kids Bop or Taylor Swift out there doing a workout, you know, but I want to make it really fun and just make movement fun for my kids. I think if you're trying to be a good dad, uh, you need to lead your kids to health. 
And you do that number one by you, you leading yourself. Yeah, by example, because kids are going to see what we do more than what we say. So if dad sits on the couch, yeah, if I sit on the couch, watch TV every night, man, and tell my kids to be healthy, that's not going to be as good as, as me just taking a walk and inviting them, right? Yeah, they might. I mean, like you said, you could get lucky, but why risk their health when you could step up? And it seems like a lot of men biologically, when they have the child, that's when they decide to step up rather than kind of lay the groundwork. So this is good advice, I think, for, for young men and, and, and also women out there that want to keep their families kind of insulated from this insanity of late. I think I have about two more questions for you, and they're more fun questions than, than serious. And then I think we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll hit time here and we'll wrap up. But do you ever think about writing a book? Yeah, man. So I've written three eBooks. Uh, one on, uh, you'll like this, on poker strategy, how I made 1.7 million. That's the title. <laughs> the mindset that it takes for that. I wrote one on fitness and how I went, I got, you know, I was working a 45 hour week job managing a bank with a family running a side business and still got a six pack. It's doable. Uh, so I lay out the systems for that in there and, and nothing extreme. I, I eat ice cream every week. I, I have family pizza night every week, right? So it's not like I'm crazy extreme. Uh, I just really believe in 80-20 and making it easy on yourself to eat well 80% of the time. Uh, and then I wrote another book on fatherhood and it's called Maximizing Fatherhood, the, the principles and the takeaways that you can to get the most out of the 18 summers that we're gifted with our kids. And uh, so I've done that and I do have plans on the work, man, for, uh, for someday, probably a year or two down the road. My kids will all start school next year. At that point, I'll have a lot more free time. So that, that's in the works. Keep us posted, please, because I want to know, but I want to pre-order this book, not only have it <laughs> back on the show to talk about it, but I'd like a copy myself. Um, I like to ask all my guests at the end, uh, especially the ones that do uh, are in media because they are plugged in, but I'm glad you said you still rent movies. So it's kind of a two-part question. One, you ever see the poker movie Rounders with oh, Matt Damon? Oh, that was Edward Norton? I started playing, man. Yes. But it's one of my favorite films. That's what I thought about when you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, Ed Norton, Matt Damon, that's a great film. And Malkovich as, as the villain, Teddy KGB. <laughs> <laughs> the Russian, the Rusky. <laughs> and I just, I thought that would be a flight that made sense. All right, so that's one of your favorites. Other than that movie, do you have a favorite film? Because I used to be a film critic and I still write about movies sometimes. I just, I love film. I think it's a very powerful medium that can inspire people because when they can see a visual, just like a picture you post on Twitter, if it has music and sound and, and that same picture in a movie, it can move people. Do you have a favorite film or show that you do rent or you go back to from time to time that, that lifts you up? I could quote Rocky Four to you. Man. I think I watched it every day. Now, I haven't watched it in six or seven years, but man, I probably watched that a hundred times back in the day. And you talk about even low places, how to get out of. I would watch those Rocky training scenes where he's running up mountains. Everybody knows that, that theme, even if they don't know what it's from. <laughs> That's awesome. And then I actually put a tweet out like a few weeks ago that said, these are the top movies I can't wait to watch with my sons one day. And on there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw that. Braveheart uh, is an all-time favorite. I love Braveheart. Gladiator. Oh, one of my favorites. Gladiator, definitely. Amazing. You alluded to it earlier, The Matrix, which I think is more of a biography than... Uh, <laughs> yeah, to the future. They, they, were, they knew it was coming. <laughs> yes, man. Uh, so th those are a few of my favorites. But yeah, I, I, I love movies too. I love the way it brings things to life, man. I agree with you. We lined up very much on that. It's really funny you mentioned Gladiator. That's my second favorite movie. My first is Shawshank Redemption. Wow. But Shawshank's I, amazing, too. Great film, isn't it? You know, hope, uh, fear will keep you prisoner. Hope will set you free. But Gladiator, I just loved someone for, for a change, being offered all this power and saying no, and then having the Caesar, the head, you know, follow up and say, that's why it's got to be you, because you don't want it. And that was my favorite theme from there. And do you? Th I'll, I'll end with this question, I guess, related to the movie then. You think it's better to have people 
making decisions that don't want it? Or do you think that's a necessity to, to having to lead and get out there and, and make people feel better? You have to kind of have a, a certain desire or, or is it better maybe that you do it out of self-sacrifice? I think it's a two-sided coin. Like, let's look at President of the United States. You have to be a narcissist to think you can do that job. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's, yeah, I think you're probably right there. <laughs> to be the most powerful person in the world. Like, that's, if you ask a regular person like me or you, no, don't touch me with that stuff. You know, like, yeah. I don't want that. Yeah, no, thanks. <laughs> right. So you probably have to be of a certain mindset to think you can do a job like that. I would like to see it personally go back to the Roman days where maybe you, you go in, you serve a six-year term. You are not allowed to trade stocks yes. yeah, <laughs> or do that's, anything that's during that term because we got senators going in now that, that have a net worth of two million. They make one hundred and sixty thousand a year, and they come out eight years later with fifty million, two hundred. Yeah, how does that worth. happen? That that should not be a thing, right? So, I think we need to fix a lot of things in that realm. I do think that it should be a service-oriented job, and I think anytime you're in a position of leadership, my favorite leader of all time is Jocko Willick. Oh, my brother loves him. Oh, dude, his book, Extreme Ownership, is what saved my marriage, to be honest. Oh, that's awesome. Everything is your fault, right? And so if you lead in that kind of way, man, I just want to be a servant leader. Uh, I think you're, that, that's the kind of leadership you need. And I wish, I wish to God we had that kind of leadership in, in a lot of our government right now. I think that's what's missing with a lot of things. I, I, I feel your pain, man. We talk about it a lot on the show, and I couldn't think of a better place to wrap it up. But we do want to keep in touch with you. Tyler, it's been an amazing experience interviewing you. And uh, where can we follow you other than Twitter? You have your Twitter handle, but uh, you want to plug a few other spots where maybe we can find your work and follow what you're up to? Uh, at Twitter, I'm at Ty Romper. Same on Instagram. Um, I am on YouTube now. I think I put out about 160 pieces of content. I do a podcast every week, too, with a cool guest put up content on other things. I uh, just put a video out today on, on uh, adoption and, and that process. Um, but yeah, YouTube, just Tyler Tote, my name. And uh, yeah, man, reach out, get in touch. I answer all my DMs, answer back. So give me a shout. That's awesome. I'm so happy you were able to join us. I'm so happy we got to connect uh, for real this time. And I really look forward to keeping in touch with you. And God bless you on your mission. This is really a, a, a worthwhile mission that you're taking on and you're inspiring the rest of us. So please keep it up and I hope you can come back soon. Uh, thanks, Nick. It's been an honor to be here, man. I really appreciate it, dude. And uh, you're a guy that I know will we'll connect a lot, man. So appreciate it. Well, that's some powerful, uplifting stuff. But we're going to take one last break here. Don't go anywhere because we'll be coming right back to wrap it up. Stay tuned. <laughs> Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I said it at the start, and I'll say it again. Tyler is one of the most unique people I have ever encountered. You'll see a lot of posts out there today on social media claiming that getting fit or getting right with the Lord, or getting things settled with your family, becoming a financial success, that it's easy. Just do it, like it's a Nike commercial. But Ty provided concrete, solid examples and advice that many of us, I think, know deep down will result in a better path. I, too, fall into this trap of preferring Netflix and a day inside to having a walk in the sunshine on a weekend because I'm tired from work. I, too, eat something with sugar in it, when I should probably go back to eating the chia seeds and the avocado. However, the main point that Ty brought up that I would like to drill down on is, with this sort of struggle to take back your life and become level again, 
It is a matter of will. Willpower. One day, wake up and just decide you've had enough. It's usually when we hit a level of pain that change occurs. Now, it takes hard work. I'm not trying to do the Nike sell and say, just do it. No, I'm by no means saying that it's an easy battle for anyone looking to right the ship. But if you truly dedicate even half of your time and yourself to making some of the major aspects of your life better, you will find peace. And you might even go on to move the hearts and minds of millions. Like many of our other guests who are all over the spectrum with what they do and who they are, faith and God were a cornerstone of how Tyler escaped the grip of addiction. And I can speak to that myself. I know what it's like to have something like that dominate your life and pull you away from other things that you should be doing or have been called to do. Asking for help is usually step one. Then refocusing what you want to refocus your life on is step two. And as Ty said, it's a matter of investment. If you're able to override that part of your brain and yourself that wants to feel sad, or wants to smoke weed, or wants to sit down instead of get up, and you will go through some temporary pain in the spirit of doing something healthy and good, but you will feel better after the fact. The mind tricks you into thinking that the immediate dopamine rush is the answer. I deserve this. I earned it. I've suffered. This has helped me forget my problems. We all do it. But we've also all done the opposite, where we've been forced to, or decided to, get off the couch, get off the phone, and we do feel better. Despite the semi-addiction to want to go back, you realize that you're putting off that good feeling, but it's more stable. It may not kick in as fast as drugs or sugar or television, but it will save you from those fires of self-doubt and depression and all the other miseries that seem to befall so many of us today. And another major part of the episode I want to talk about is self-sacrifice. Possibly other than praying for your enemies, it's one of the hardest things to do in life. It's literally giving something with the knowledge that you'll likely get nothing back and you might even experience pain and persecution as a result of doing for others and giving to others. The song, and I brought up the line, I think, in the episode with Tyler, the song Virtual Insanity by Jamiroquai, one of my favorite bands, one of my favorite songs. There's a line that Tyler reminded me of when he was talking. Two lines, actually. And the first line was, nothing's going to change the way we live because we can always take but never give. And the second line from the song was more about society in that the main singer says, now every mother can choose the color of her child. That's not nature's way. Well, that's what they suggest today. There's nothing left to do but pray. So we're living in a world where me, me, myself, and I has become the end all and be all of existence. Not everyone lives by this code, to be fair. But more and more people are falling victim to it or dabbling in that kind of thinking when what we really need is the exact opposite. All throughout history, many were called, but few were chosen. Meaning that we all, or almost all of us, have the capacity to do things that Tyler was talking about. We all have the ability to dig down deep and override our conditioned response. 
to make a better life for ourselves and for others. But it begins with you. Small victories, small moves, faith, and some system of family. I know that not everyone has biological family that they can count on. And that's tragic. It really is. But make sure, at least if you don't, then you have friends who treat you like family. Because that's possible. No one does it alone. Remember that amazing things can happen once you've decided that you've had enough. And the last point I want to make before we wrap up was Tyler's advice about news and filtering out your social media feeds. If you don't trust certain news outlets, or you think they're gaslighting you and clickbaiting you with stressful scenarios that might not even come to pass, then try what he suggested. Remove them from your feed. As tedious as it can be, you control what you ingest, physically and mentally. And if you're in a rut, which a lot of people seem to be, and you want to try something new to push forward, try turning back the clock by cutting out the newest TV shows. Go back to renting movies or limiting your social media, maximizing your outdoors time. Save those fun, innovative things that have come out of technology and social media for the weekend or As Tyler said, remember 80-20. One-fifth maybe gets the sugar cake. One-fifth of the time we watch a movie instead of go for a walk. Go back to the 90s and the 2000s when getting together as a group meant something. When movies were seen in the theater, you didn't have to stream it on your couch. It was an event to get up and go and stretch your legs and be in the theater together and with other people interacting. Help spark a movement to push the pendulum back the other way. Even if just a few of us can do it and show others that it's possible, we might just have a chance to salvage what's become a dystopic mess out there. But remember, always have hope, believe in yourself, lean on others who love you, and you can't go wrong. I hope you've enjoyed this great episode. We have another excellent one coming up with reporter Holly McKay, an old colleague of mine who used to work at Fox News, and she covers women's rights in the Middle East, and she has some exciting new projects that she's going to share with us when she comes on. We're looking forward to that, and you can continue to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or you can go direct to my Twitter and find all the episodes posted there. My account is at N, as in Nick, Jeevas, G-I-V as in Victor, A-S-D-C. That's N, Jeevas, D-C. Folks, it's really been a pleasure. We look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow, and we're wishing you all a great weekend and some great peace of mind. We'll see you soon.